Thanks for joining me on Mini Spin number two. This week we have a few true crime headline updates, as well as a new section on the podcast called Serial Killer Poetry. Join me, won't you? A 21-year-old delivery driver for Best Buy in Boca Raton, Florida, was arrested and charged with the death of an elderly 75-year-old woman after attacking her with a mallet and setting her on fire on Monday, August 19th, 2019. He admitted to police that he bashed her in the side of the head with a wooden mallet before pouring a flammable liquid he'd found in the garage on her, but he said he didn't know what started the fire. She died in the hospital the next day. Jorge Luis de Pri Lachazo, say that three times fast, and another man were installing appliances in the victim's home when the incident happened. The man that was with Lachazo said he stepped outside to make a phone call when he heard screaming from inside. He said he ran in and found the woman on the floor near a pool of blood. He called 911 and Lachazo took off in the delivery truck. Authorities quickly caught up with him and took him into custody. Police saw burnt hairs on his legs and, and they appeared to have ash on them. Lachazo admitted that he'd been high on cocaine and the marijuana, but had no apparent motive for the attack. He had worked through JB Home Delivery, which was contracted by Best Buy, and the CEO of Best Buy said they have suspended their relationship with the delivery service out of respect for the family. A man living in a Manhattan high-rise apartment building died on Thursday, August 22, 2019, after the elevator on which he was riding suddenly dropped in its shaft and crushed him. The victim's identity was not released by the police, but they did say that he was a 30-year-old man. They say that the man was trapped between the car and the elevator's shaft wall. He died on the scene. The police were able to view the surveillance video as it captured the entire accident. There were two other people also riding the elevator with him. It was only after they exited the the elevator car that it plummeted. Recently, the building where the man lived had been fined for its unsafe elevator conditions. The New York Times reported that the city's Department of Buildings had issued a fine of $1,300 in May after the inspectors found a safety feature on one of the two elevators had been disabled or tampered with. The man had been riding the elevator that had not been subject to the fine. According to the Times, the first elevator had been shut down the day before the incident, and the DOB, the Department of Buildings, is currently investigating the incident, quote, aggressively. Residents of the building who were interviewed stated that the elevators were constantly breaking down and that it would jump between floors. Several of them stated that they'd been stuck on the elevator several times before this incident. A serial killer who preyed on older gay men has been executed by lethal injection in Florida. Gary Ray Bowles, who was 57 at the time of his death, went on a killing spree for eight months on the east coast of the United States 25 years ago and killed a total of six men across three states. When he murdered John Hardy Roberts in 1994, he stupidly left his probation documents at the scene and was caught on an ATM trying to make, trying to take money out of Roberts' account. But he was not captured until he killed five more men in Maryland, Georgia, and Florida. In each of the murders, he had stuffed the victims' throats with objects such as towels, rags, 
toilet paper, dirt, leaves, and in one case, a sex toy. Thank goodness. Ding dong, the bitch is dead. Let's take a small break and hear a word from our sponsor. A 39-year-old man has pleaded guilty to murdering a clerk while robbing a video store in Montana in 1998. Zachary O'Neill says he was overcome with guilt and tried to tell the authorities while he was in a psychiatric hospital in 2016 about the crime. But another three years would go by before he was prosecuted for the 1998 murder of 18-year-old Miranda Fenner. Quote, they just let me go, said O'Neill. I was like, all right, um, tried and I'm done. O'Neill is expected to be sentenced to life in prison after he pleaded guilty last month to Finner's murder and attempted murder and rape of another victim around the same time. His unsuccessful confessions point out a series of missed opportunities for investigators to bring this case to justice. He had even walked into a Yellowstone County jail in 2017 and tried to confess, but the authorities were skeptical and told him they would look into the story he was telling. Now, at the time, I guess there was very little usable DNA evidence left at the scene, but the police went ahead and took his DNA and then released him. In the weeks following that confession, he approached several other Spokane police officers who told him to stop coming in and confessing, according to his sister, Natanya O'Neill. The county attorney, Scott Twitto, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, could be Twitto, but I think it's Twitto, confirmed the confession in 2016 in the psychiatric hospital, but followed that up by stating that it didn't seem credible because he had claimed to have killed somebody else who was still alive. Twitto said, quote, It's easy to go back in hindsight and connect the dots. It's much harder to do that in the moment and as the years go by. You can't afford to get that wrong. When he spoke to investigators in Yellowstone County, O'Neill said he didn't really care very much at first what he had done to Fenner as he was trying to steal trying to steal to support his drug habit, and admitted to smoking meth before renting several movies that evening. After discovering that one of the movies he had rented was a porno, his mom told him to take it back. It was then that he decided to rob the store and kill the clerk so she couldn't identify him. He described to authorities what Finner was wearing that night and told them other details that had not been released to the public. After he'd spoke to the investigators in 2017, he'd been arrested in Spokane, for a burglary and firearms charge. By April, Montana detectives found that his DNA matched, and this was April of this year, uh, found that his DNA had matched, no, I'm sorry, this was 2017 that his DNA matched, that found at the rape to which he admitted to in 1980, I'm sorry, 1998, around the time uh, that he killed Finner. He had slashed the victim's throat, but she had survived the attack. He was returned to Montana in February of 2019 to face the charges. Police say that it's a complicated case because several other people had falsely claimed responsibility for the murder, and O'Neill himself, who had been questioned by detectives, had pointed the finger at others. And that's got to be difficult because why would somebody confess to something they didn't do? So apparently in this case, there was a lot of people who came forward and said, I did it, but they couldn't provide the details. The DNA didn't match. It was crazy. And this is why they didn't believe him at first. Um, O'Neill's former stepfather, David Saylor, said that he told a detective in the case that his stepson was in or near the video store at the time of the murder, and that if he didn't do it, he damn well knew who did. Saylor's current wife, Beverly, told detectives in 2013 that she suspected her husband's former stepson. 
of this murder. She told them that he was prone to violence and that other family members had confided in, in her that he had been involved in several other violent crimes. Detective Shane Bancroft, 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 I'm not sure how to pronounce that one, um, had stated that at the time there was no evidence which linked O'Neill to the crime, but he was not re-interviewed after the 2013 call from his former stepfather. His stepfather states that he would steal from convenience stores as a child and later stole cash from businesses. He said that over the years there was an escalation in the severity of his actions as he got involved in drugs and grew increasingly violent. He lost most of his teeth to meth smoking and lost an eye after being hit over the head with a bat during a violent altercation with someone else. His stepfather says, quote, he's just a bad person. You just look into his eye and you look and he looked dead. I'm so ashamed that I had anything to do with his upbringing. A 12-year-old boy saved his own life by jumping from a moving vehicle to get away from a suspected kidnapper in South Florida. Police say the boy was treated for cuts to his forehead, arms, and hands. Timothy Miller of West Palm Beach, Florida, was arrested on kidnapping charges for kidnapping a child under the age of 13, resisting arrest with violence, and child neglect. The boy told authorities that he had gotten off the school bus and was walking home in Boynton Beach on Wednesday, August 21st, 2019, when a man driving a white pickup truck stopped and offered him a ride. The man told the boy that he gave rides to kids all the time and that he shouldn't worry because he wasn't going to do anything weird. And because he had a pleasant and friendly smile and he was so nice, the boy accepted the offer and got into the vehicle. The boy said almost immediately that the man began to act different and would give him weird looks, driving erratically and asking him if he had drugs. The boy, who became scared, tried to open the door to the vehicle, but the man told him no and sped up to stop him from jumping out. But the boy was able to get the door open and jumped out while he was speeding along the street. Bystanders helped the boy and called authorities while two other people went after Miller and followed him onto the highway. When Miller exited I-95, the other drivers used their vehicles to block him in until the police arrived on the scene. Miller, quote, repeatedly and violently resisted officers' attempts to detain him, but they were unable to get or, but they were able to get him in custody at that time. Miller told authorities he'd pick the boy up because he thought he looked like an older teenager who could potentially sell him drugs. In a post on Facebook, the Boynton PD says, quote, We are grateful to the Good Samaritans who assisted us in taking Miller into custody. We encourage parents to use this as an opportunity to remind their children about the dangers of getting into a car with someone they don't know. Thank goodness those people saw and they stopped and they took the time to capture this man who probably would have done this to somebody else. Kudos. And now I present to you serial killer poetry. This one is called, Oh Anna, Why Didn't You Appear? "'Twas perfect plan of deviant pleasure so bold on that spring night, my inner felling, hot with propension in the new awakening season, worn with inner fear and rapture, my pleasure of entanglement like new vines at night. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Drop of fear, fresh spring rain would roll down your from your nakedness to scent the lofty fever that burns within. In a small world of longing, fear, rapture, and desperation, the game we play fall on devil ears. Fantasy spring forward, mounts to storm fury, then winter claim at the end. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear?
alone, now in another time span I lay with sweet enraptured garments across the most private thought. Bed of spring, moist grass, clean before the sun, enslaved with control, warm wind scenting the air, sunlight sparkled tears in eyes so deep and clear. Alone again I trod in past memory of mirrors and ponder why for number eight was not. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? This letter was written in 1979 by BTK killer Dennis Rader to Anna Williams after he broke into her house when she wasn't home. After waiting impatiently for her to return, he got bored and left. A few months later, he wrote her this letter. Can you imagine? Thanks for joining me with Serial Killer Poetry. All right, guys, looks like that's going to wrap up this week's number two mini spin. Thanks for joining me and join in next time on episode number three when we talk about wrestling deaths. I promise it's going to be an awesome episode. Take care. Don't be a dick.